Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. Well, welcome to the Gospel for Life today. We have been trekking through some questions that uh, we have received from um, some of our tens and tens of listeners. Now, these particular questions that we're going to cover next are actually questions from someone who is not a Christian, which I could actually think is really helpful. Um, a person who um, is on kind of the outside looking in, how do, how do you Christians answer these questions? And uh, before we get started, just real quickly around the circle to my left, I have Pastor Phil Moran. How you doing, Phil? Doing great. Good to be here. To my second left, I have Pastor Ben Blakey from Compass Bible Church. Good to be here. Fill in for Pastor Jonathan Van Hoogen. And then to my third left, I have Pastor Russell Herman from Cloverdale. Very good to be here. All right. So here is the first question today. And it is, you can understand right away why this particular listener asked these questions. These are tough questions. Why do children die? Hmm. The very simplistic answer, which is not really getting to the to the heart of what's being asked, but it, it really is because of sin. So all death is the result of, of sin. And so we have to look at it and say, in God's good creation, um, death was not a part of it, um, and there wasn't the death of children. Um, so sin brought death, and unfortunately, um, sin is not discriminate. And so sometimes that sin that results in death takes the life of old people. Sometimes it takes the death of middle-aged people, and sometimes it, it takes the, the the life of, of children. And so um, the short answer is it's the result of sin. But I think the, the, the heart of the question is, but why would God allow that? Sure, sure. And I think we also need to say even before we attempt – uh, attempt answers to that. There's p- perhaps listeners out there that, you know, for whom this is holy ground. For the, perhaps there's someone listening right now who has who has lost a child. <clears throat> I've I've just recently experienced <clears throat> a, a death in my family. My my mother-in-law uh, died and went to be with the Lord uh, just a week ago, and. That was that was painful, and our family grieved. But we also celebrate uh, that she's with the Lord. She was ninety two. She was she had lived a long and full life, and was and was ready to go and be with the Lord. Uh, the death of a child is very very different because it's the it's the loss of all of that potential and and the loss of all that relationship that was that was anticipated. So uh, if, if you're, you know, I just want to say to the listeners, if you are that, experiencing that grief or you have in your life, that God is with you, uh, that, that you know, God is, is alongside you and, and surrounding you to, uh, to love you and care for you and walk with you through that <laughs> grief, uh, you are not alone. I think especially if you're dealing with somebody who's not a believer and they're answering this question, 
I mean, I think you have to start, I mean, one, lots of times coming from a personal place. So it has to have that sense of, of compassion through it. But I think it is helpful to point them to scripture and say that, and just to show this doesn't contradict what the Bible teaches. This is, this exactly fits what the Bible teaches. God created the world perfect. And then there was the fall and there is sin in this world and the world is now broken. It is cursed and bad things happen. And that's what the Bible would lead us to expect. So I think you can at least affirm that this isn't something that contradicts what the Bible teaches. This is what the Bible teaches. And then I think it tees you up to talk about the solution, which is God is in the process of restoring all things through Jesus Christ. Through the death of his own child. Yes, exactly. Right. It's interesting that we look at um, the death of children kind of as the anomaly. But really, if you really understand the, the message of Scripture, old age should be the anomaly. <laughs> yes. That what happens is because of sin, we all deserve death right away. Um, that the first first breath that we take, um, we're born in sin. Mm-hmm. And that sin is a, an affront to a holy God. And God said that when you eat of the fruit in that day, you will surely die. And he could demand our lives instantaneously. Yes. And, and it's not just theologically an anomaly. If we're honest, historically, yeah. it, oftentimes old age has been the anomaly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. And so there's a sense of, um, I know we expect to live a long life and we expect our children to live a, a long life. I, I get that. But, there's no, uh, I guess what I'm trying to help us understand is there's no injustice to it. Um, it it's, it's hard. It hurts. There's pain. There's sorrow, deep sorrow. Um, but it's not an injustice on the part of God. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, um, there, there's a phrase in Acts chapter 17 where Paul is giving his great uh, evangelistic sermon on Mars Hill where he says that God gives to every person life and breath and all things. That tells us, brothers and listeners, every breath I take is a gift from God. Mm-hmm. He gives to he gives to every person life and breath and all things. Every breath I take, every beat of my heart is a gift from his hand. And he will decide when I take my last breath. He will decide when my heart takes its last beat that is completely in his hands I have no claim on him none to demand extension of life quality of life uh, it's a every it's a gift from his hand I read a quote once by Elizabeth Prentice she's the author of um, more love to thee she wrote um, stepping heaven with the hymn more love to thee she wrote the book stepping heavenward which I would recommend highly to any um, female listeners. It's just an excellent book. It would be my wife's favorite book. My daughters both have, have read it and, and have been blessed by it. Um, but she wrote a book called The Home at Greylock. And this is a, an epitaph that was quoted by a mother when she had lost her little girl at a very young age. So this is somebody that was experiencing the loss of a little one. And she said, she quoted this. Oh, said the gardener as he passed down the garden walk, who plucked that flower? Who gathered that plant? 
His fellow servant answered, The master. And the gardener held his peace. Hmm. And she's actually quoting from Samuel Rutherford. And Rutherford said this, If your Lord take any of your children home to his house, before the storm come on, take it well. The owner of the orchard may take down two or three apples off his own trees before midsummer, and ere they get the harvest sun. And it would not be un- not be seemly that his servant, the gardener, should chide him for it. Let our Lord pluck his own fruit at any season that he pleases. Mm-hmm. They are not lost to you. They are laid up so well as that they are coffered in heaven where our Lord's best jewels lie. Mm-hmm. And just personally... I found this to be such a great encouragement. I, my wife and I have both lost, I have lost two children in the womb at, at 16 weeks. And our comfort is that though they're lost to us, um, they're not lost to our Lord. Mm-hmm. That he, he knows when to pluck his own fruit. And so I trust in him. I, I rest in the wisdom of my Heavenly Father. And I hold my peace, not because it doesn't hurt, but because I know he knows best. And I, I'm willing to rest there. Yeah. Amen. I think um, I, I assume that there are listeners um, that are, aren't believers that have bought into some of the worldviews and philosophies of this world, like naturalism and, and materialism. And in those worldviews, you know, that those postulate a closed system where there is no supernatural intervention. There is no God. And in that type of world, a, a child dying is totally insignificant. It has no value. A, a child dying is no different than a mosquito or a, a, a small bug. And I, I would just say, it, you, you as, a, as an unbeliever, if you're listening, you know you can't live in that world. You know that death is something that's very unnatural, that, that shouldn't exist, and you mourn and you grieve for a reason. And that's your conscience speaking to you. That's that's God's law being put on your heart, um, screaming to you that there's something bigger than you. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's why the, this this topic is is so difficult to talk about because we know inherently that that human life is an image of God and it reflects something that's that's beyond our own experience. Well, the next question is is related to the first one, which is this: What happens to babies that die in the womb? Or an infancy, and I know that you you touched on that a little bit, Russ. But maybe we could try to provide a more direct answer. What happens to babies that die in the womb or in infancy? I think it's uh, we can't categorically say that all children that die in the womb or in infancy go to heaven. I don't think the the Bible gives us that that license. I wish it did, um, and the fact that that would just make me feel better. Um, the Bible doesn't teach an age of accountability, um, but it does teach us about a God of grace. It does teach us about a God of covenant love, that he's faithful to that covenant that he's made with his people. And this is why uh, the church I belong to subscribes to the canons of, of Dort. And um, one of those articles states that those that um, have lost children in infancy can have a good hope um, for the salvation of those children because of the nature and character of God, that God faithfully works along covenant lines um, and that he has done a, 
regenerating work, even in the hearts of those that are unborn or that die in infancy. Um, the Westminster Standards would say the same thing, mm-hmm. but would expand that just slightly to also include those that mentally do not have the capacity. Right. Um, I'll let Phil talk on that. He knows the Westminsters better than I. But both of them are are really acknowledging that God graciously um, works according to the covenant that he made um, with his people. And so what we're trusting in is not some random, I hope for the best, but a confidence and a trust in the character of God as he's revealed himself in his word to his covenant people. Yeah. And I and I couldn't uh, certainly couldn't I couldn't add to that, Russ. Um, but you're right, uh, and and I think that that both Dort and uh, Westminster strike a biblical note there uh, to enjoin us to to trust in our heavenly Father, trust in His goodness, trust in His love, trust in His faithfulness, and that one day, whatever He in sovereign love, whatever He ordains about anything. One day, we are going to stand before him in full agreement yes. that what you have done, O oh God, is just and righteous and true. And uh, so it, it's not so much uh, you know, trusting in an abstraction. It's, it's, it's trusting in the promise of our Heavenly Father. Hmm. Maybe we'll just end on the gospel note here. Um, and I think that, that looking at Christ and him crucified and what the father did to his own son, he crushed him for our redemption, mm-hmm. is the ultimate solace that any one of us can have. That if, if this kind God, like what Paul says at the end of Romans 8, if he did not spare his only son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? And I think that's the ultimate hope that we have, that we look to the cross, that we see that God did not spare his most beloved son, his greatest gift, Certainly we can trust him with with our very breath and the lives of our loved ones if he did not spare his son for us. Well, this has been the Gospel of Life. Uh, We will see you next time. 